Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, Alliance Defending Freedom, protecting your God-given right to live and speak the truth, and Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to visit their websites. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all of the guys, John and Neil and Roger and myself, Bob. Guys, how are you today? Doing great, Bob. How are you? Well, doing pretty good, thanks. Unlike Kevin McCarthy, we still have jobs. Yeah. So well, he has oh, one too, boy. just Ouch. the same. <laughs> but Ouch! Fun. I know. He, yeah, he's, he's not right. He's not ousted from Congress; just vacated from the from the Speaker of the House position. Which, by the way, first time ever in American history Ridiculous. that that this has happened. And so, this is a very big historic. Uh, thing that's taken place. And we are going to discuss this and debate this. Was this the right thing, the wrong thing? Is Matt Gates right or wrong? Is he a good guy, a villain? And and how? Do, and what happens going forward? And what is the plan? And what effect is this going to have on the GOP's chances of holding on to the House, if not trying to widen the lead in the House next year? So there's a lot of things to unpack about this in this hour. As we get ready to dive into this, we do want to remind you folks listening to us that uh, you know our podcast is sponsored and we want you to support our sponsors. You'll hear us talking about Preborn, about ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, you'll hear us talking, of course, about Wilson Financial. And uh, Roger, let me ask you about that because Dennis Wilson has just done so many wonderful things in helping our listeners get their own financial houses in order. Absolutely. Unlike the House of Representatives that keeps passing uh, continuing resolutions. No chaos like with that. Dennis Wilson. No, none, none whatsoever. You want a, right. a sure thing where you can plan. Uh, yeah. You call 800-696-9970 because it's a stewardship issue. You know, and, and it's amazing how many people during the rough uh, Bidenomics, uh, Bidenflation period that we've been going through right now, how many of Dennis's clients, is, clients are resting easy right now because they're investments that are solid, they're secure, they, prefer, they provide uh, long-term care benefits in some cases where you're not able able to get them steady, higher than market rate returns on real estate investments, and the guarantee that you can put all of your portfolio into investments that will never go down in value, and he can make that promise for you. I mean, it's it's not tough to deliver when you worked as hard as he has for the past 50 plus years. Uh, click on the Wilson Financial Advisor banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net or just call him directly at 800-696-9970. He would love to take your call and discuss among other things, what a lousy job Joe Biden's doing. But I know that we, he and I haven't talked about this yet with regarding to Kevin McCarthy, but he'll just shake his head and say they're just a bunch of numb nuts over there. I mean, what, what are they thinking in the House of Representatives right now? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just, it's chaos. It's craziness. Yeah, well, it is, and so, and but absolutely support, folks. Uh, Dennis Wilson, Wilson Financial, and the great work that they do, and and we are talking about the craziness going on in Washington right now. So, uh, yeah, here's the deal. All right, for a little bit of background on this, remember, Kevin McCarthy did not moonwalk into this position. He he had difficulty getting to like 15, 16 votes for him to originally even get this position back in January, and so part of the problem was he had to strike deals with some of the more conservative caucus of the Republican Party, people like Matt Gates, And one of the things that Gates was demanding along with those with him is that, McCarthy, we're not going to let you be a rhino. 
We're not going to let you slide to the center and just basically be the country club Republican who makes deals with the Democrats. We don't want to be living on continuing resolutions and stopgap deals. We don't want to be uh, doing spending as usual and such. And so we're going to hold your feet to the fire. And I, I, Gates said he demands to get the original vote that one member of Congress has to be sufficient to bring a vote for vacating the House. Well, this is the deal that Kevin McCarthy made. Now, I do believe a fair argument can be made that Kevin McCarthy is kind of reneging on some of the promises that he made. Uh, he has not been as much of a fighter, I think, as a lot of MAGA Republican conservatives would like him to have been. And so in that regard, I don't disagree with all of the sentiment of Matt Gates, some of the thing when Matt Gates says, "Look, we need a fighter. We need somebody who's not going to go back on his word. We need somebody to stop making deals with the Democrats, and we we shouldn't be having these CRs constantly kicking a can down the road and, and the increased spending and blah blah blah." Philosophically, I agree with him on all that. The problem is here. The timing and the execution of this, you've got so the Republicans have such a slim lead right now. They've got a five vote lead in the House. That's it. Actually, it's four. And so uh, they don't have the strength to be able to govern to get everything that they want. And with when I look at it that way, Kevin McCarthy, well, no, he's not a Donald Trump. I get that. But it does seem like Kevin McCarthy has been able to at least move the ball somewhat forward uh, with such a very, very slim majority. And to me, the smarter thing would have been for Gates to say, look, let's focus on the other things that need to be done right now. We've got these investigative committees, the weaponizing of the government. We need to get a lot of things pushed forward right now. And uh, Kevin McCarthy, we're putting you on notice right now. Consider yourself behind closed doors. You're on probation because uh, we are planning on voting you out after we get uh, back in after next year's election. So first thing, 2025, we're not going to vote you into office uh, if you can t continue the way that you're going right now. Put him on notice that way. Try to behind closed doors get him to toughen up a little bit. But to just rip the Band-Aid off right now, I don't think, in my personal opinion, this was a smart and wise thing to do, frankly, even though I very much empathize with the frustrations that Matt Gates is feeling. But this, to me, is just not the nuclear shotgun blast in the middle of Congress right now when so many other things is going on is not, in my honest opinion, the way to handle this. So that's my take on this. Now, here's what we're going to do coming up next. Uh, we're going to go around the table. Want to hear from all the guys and see what everybody has to think about this and their take on this. As we do, I do want to remind everybody that when you listen to this podcast, you hear us talking about preborn all the time. And at any time during this podcast, or maybe right when the podcast is over, you can give to preborn and save some babies' lives and stop abortions from happening. Remember, Preborn is the main pro-life group that shows ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms in pro-life centers all across the country. And they've been doing this for a long time. And when a mom sees a picture of her baby, she doesn't go to Planned Parenthood. She chooses life almost all the time. And she usually ends up accepting the Lord. We're the ones that got to pay for these ultrasound images, folks. They cost money. So $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life through ultrasound images. How many babies' lives will you save? We're asking you for a one-time gift. Take $28 times fill in the blank, whatever that number is. 
and that's your one-time gift. And 100% of what you give to Preborn goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So give right now if you would. Go online to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on the Preborn tab. All right, crawfordmediagroup.net, click on Preborn, or you can give over the phone by calling 833-850-BABY and the answer 24-7. Call right now. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you folks doing that. And so the Kevin McCarthy ouster from Speaker of the House all right, guys, let's go around the table a little bit. I, I've laid out my view on this. And actually, John, if I can start with you, because sure. uh, your own Ken Buck was one of the Gang of Eight in yep. this, which is ironic because Ken Buck is not exactly somebody you think of nope. as a MAGA Republican. So uh, what in the world's going on with Ken Buck? But first, just your general take on the Gang of Eight and them ousting Kevin McCarthy. Well, my feeling on Ken, number one, is he's feeding his base here in Colorado with that decision because we have a very rabid... Uh, right side of the aisle base here, if you would. And that's another topic maybe for another day and something I talk about in our show quite a bit. This whole nonsense, and it's utter nonsense, what's gone on and why, you know, Kevin McCarthy isn't there. You know, am I, for everybody listening, am I a McCarthy fan? No. Was, was he the guy that got picked when it was all said and done? And has he done every single thing that he agreed he would do coming into that position. You know, guys, I don't have an answer to that because here's the reality. I don't even know what goes on behind closed doors. Neither does anyone else. So I can't really right. pass judgment on all that because there's so many pieces that are working behind the scenes. And in his defense, we don't control the Senate. So there's only a certain amount of things in the House you're going to get done. And a lot of it, I know, sends statements, and that's all because you're not going to get that legislation passed anyways and get it finally finalized in the White House. That's not happening. So a lot of this is just posturing and sending messages. Now, when it comes to Gates himself, the guy's not a moron. I'm, I'm sorry. I, and there, I'm going to get some, some of my local listeners here to listen to the podcast to probably challenge me on that, but the guy's a moron. There's no plan here. He's just, he's a loose cannon. He's like a lot of other Republicans that get there. He's trying to make a name for himself, which he's done in numerous ways. And, and my problem with all of this is where's the plan to just oust somebody? Great. Now what? And, and now we just throw everything into utter chaos when we've already got lots of other things on the table we need to deal with, i.e. an election coming up in 2024, an economy that's garbage, high interest rates. There's so many other things that we should be focused on. And yet we're dinking around with this stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, well, no, I will say this though. Uh with Matt Gates, I don't I might push on push back on the word moron. The guy's, no, the got guy's a pretty, an utter moron, he's a, Bob. He's, he's, a, he's got, got no plan. plan. Okay, but I, look, I agree with you on that. I think this is a stupid decision for him to make in, in this particular case. But if you watch the grilling that he gave Merrick Garland a couple of weeks ago, the guy's not a moron. He's he's a pretty intellectually strong person all right i just think that he is i agree with you he's a he's loose a, cannon. Well, let's call let's say it this way he's a man with no plan of action yeah i, I totally agree with you on that i, I completely do i, I guess Which I put into, okay let me say it this way maybe he's not a moron it's a moronic move Yes, I totally agree with you because you know what? When I watch Matt Ga Matt Gates when he's on when he's right, okay, that guy is brilliant. He's so quick minded. He's so articulate. He's so uh, forceful in things that need to. Be I, I watched the way that he handled Merrick Garland. I was like cheering the guy on. So somehow, if this Agreed. guy could be rallied to discipline himself, to use his skills, his talents, and his brain in a way that's strategically smart, yeah, that would be the, good. In, yeah, but he is key, kind of that. The key is what you just said. 
He yeah. isn't strategic. He doesn't think down right. the road. He's not planning ahead. And by the way, he's a lot of what's on the hardcore right of our party. And I love each and every one of them. All of you guys that will know, be listening to this, it. I love each and every one of you. But you have no long-term plans. You can't just have knee-jerk reactions in this day and age to what's going on without a full plan of action, knowing where you're going to go in the end. If you do this, it just throws things into utter chaos. I know. And by the way, and I do have to say as well, uh, for all of his, for all of Matt Gates is screaming about Kevin McCarthy making deals with the Democrats. Can I remind everybody? Uh, Kevin McCarthy was ousted because Matt Gates and seven other people joined 210 Democrats. So Correct. he used the Democrats to get Kevin McCarthy out. But Correct. Kevin McCarthy is wrong for ever working. We got to remember, McCarthy only has a four-point lead, and that is four. a sliver, and he doesn't have the Senate. So, right. so, so this you don't There's have only a choice. So much you're going to get done. Even if Jim Jordan ends up in there, Jim Jordan is going to have to have some kind of compromising work with the Democrats. So it, it's a tough position for Kevin McCarthy to be in. we got to recognize that. I just want Matt And Gates really quick, to- by the way, this is where I also feel Gates is very, very misguided. You know, I heard him last night on Fox News talking about how you know he's a full Trump supporter. He'll be on the campaign trail. Anytime mm. Donald Trump's out there, we gain seats, this, that, and the other. The guy's utterly blinded at times. No, that is not the case. This last election, we did... We, we were awful in outside of red states. Yes, where there's a red state and a Trump endorsement, it goes very well. Outside of that, it stinks, and he doesn't see that. All right, let's get around the table here and uh, see what other... Uh, Roger, maybe we could hit it to over to your side of the table now. What's your take on this? What's the California perspective here on what happened in the House yesterday? Well, you know, it's it's interesting to see. I mean, obviously, because Kevin McCarthy's from Bakersfield. I mean, he's our guy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's one of the most prominent conservatives on the left coast. And uh, to make it out of the People's Republic, you know, he, he comes from a really red, you know, region, and he's uh, he's got a lot of support. Obviously, they keep sending him to Congress. But when you, I, I echo John's sentiment too. When you look at what Matt Gates has done, um, you know Kevin McCarthy had has to be pragmatic because people don't realize. I mean, the, the GOP got a shellacking in the 2022 midterms because mm-hmm. they were reading the tea leaves and they were running the wrong election. They were campaigning like it was 1998, not 2022, and they didn't realize how badly their messaging. Uh, did not hit, did not resonate with the with the constituents. So he's got a narrow margin in the House. He's got this, you know, overwhelming odds in the Senate and in the White House. And oh, by the way, the the, the pie in the sky nonsense that Matt Gates is asking for. And I don't know how old this guy is, to be honest with you, but there are these twelve appropriation bills that the House has to pass every year. So far, they'd only passed four. We've only passed four of these bills, and so we we demanded that we get them all done on time. You know, the last time that happened, that they were all passed by the August recess, nineteen ninety seven. Do you remember who was the president? in 1997 you remember who was the speaker of the house in 1997 there was a different air i mean newt gingrich has probably been on all of our programs singing the same song if he were the speaker of the house today he would not be as successful as he was during the clinton years because there was a willingness during those years to sit down compromise workout deals etc etc now you have these idealistic altruistic, hard right-line Republicans who come in and say, I made a deal with him where I can, I can oust him if I want to. Yeah, mm-hmm, there, there, there he goes. That's right. They're gone. And and if the Democrats side with me on that, that's perfectly fine. But if he, if Kevin McCarthy, he, he struck a deal with Joe Biden. He made a deal with, sure, it's called negotiation. It's called um, diplomacy. It's, mm-hmm. he, his line on uh, with Eric Bowling on Newsmax last night, what I did was, last, uh, it's called legislation. 
Really? That's called legislation? You stiff-armed this guy, backed him into a corner. They had already passed four of the appropriation bills, which cover 75% of the spending anyway, but that wasn't good enough for Matt Gates. He let everybody go away on vacation in August, and by golly, we're going to make somebody pay. And then, of course, the bitter irony for Matt Gates. if now you've got, was it Patrick McHenry is now the acting Speaker of the House. What's the right. first thing he did? He dismissed everybody and sent him home for a week. And so now Gates is stomping and crying, going, wait, no, get back. Turn the machines back on. You know, he's just <laughs> screaming at these people, right? Oh, can tell. Great, great trading places reference <laughs> there. I picked yeah. that up. I picked right. that up. <laughs> I mean, he, he's, he's looking at Eric Bowling and Eric Bowling's looking at him like, oh, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about, don't you? I'm, Although McHenry so, did kick Nancy Pelosi out of her cushy office. That. That's true. Give him yeah. that. Give him yeah, that. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm fine with McHenry. I mean, what he did, yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense because Matt Gates created chaos. Yeah. Uh, which uh, your take, Neil? Uh, you know, I I don't have much to add based on what you guys have already said. But I, to me, none of it makes sense. Let me just back up the truck here for a minute, it, it, Bob. I think you brought this point up. You know, he's got a problem with McCarthy making a deal with the Biden administration, and then he goes and makes a deal with the Democratic members of the House to get the Speaker thrown out. Like, I mean, some people could view that as like treason in a way. Uh, sure, they may be conservative in one sense, but uh, you know, fiscally, perhaps, but Matt Gates is under investigation by a House Ethics Committee right now regarding his own sexual behavior, perhaps being involved with a 17-year-old girl. That's still an open investigation. Anybody could say, well, the Department of Justice dropped that probe. They, they didn't bring any charges. Okay, but the Department of Justice has been weaponized against conservatives. Wouldn't they have wanted to come against Matt Gates? Is, um, I guess my question then, the underlying question is, is there more to this story than we actually know? Is there something going on behind the scenes? Maybe Kevin McCarthy didn't do enough to get the House uh, Ethics Committee to drop the charge or to drop the investigation into Gates's behavior. Who knows? But uh, something doesn't smell right, and I think something else is going on here because none of this actually makes sense. Yeah. Well, and it, certainly this is Kevin McCarthy's claim that this is all personal. That Matt Gates is upset with McCarthy because McCarthy didn't kill this ethics investigation. And, and you know, look, I don't know how clean versus dirty Matt Gates is behind the scenes. I, I just, none of us really know for sure. It does seem to me to come to, to Matt Gates's defense a little bit. It does seem to me that if the goods were there, the DOJ would have, would have gotten it, gotten it on him by now, you would think. But there's well, also this part of me that I look at Matt Gates and he has almost a kind of creepy look to him that I can't quite figure out. I don't know what that is. So, and that's not really fair. Okay, that's wait. not objective and that's not fair. And I, don't, I get that too. To further so, muddy the water, where was Lauren Boebert, the ultra conservative on this? She just got tossed out of uh, a, basically a kid's presentation of Beetlejuice in Denver for inappropriate activity in the theater, this alleged uh -huh. ultra conservative. But she didn't want to oust kevin mccarthy i think it's yeah, kind of interesting marjorie, marjorie taylor, her, her, marjorie her taylor green too yeah. yeah and her well her and lauren's seat here in colorado is always at well she barely won the last time around it's jeopardy this time around even on the primary side so she's got to play it very safe right now yeah no I, I get that as well and we've got a lot more to unpack about this about for example what happens next going forward who will be the speaker of the house believe it or not some people are floating the idea of donald trump temporarily oh, uh trump has already thrown cold water on that said no, no 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 i'm focusing on the presidency or whatever but there's a lot more to talk about this as we continue through this podcast and uh roger one of the things that uh 
one of the things that, that's so important as well, uh, Roger and, and John and certainly Neil and all of us as we talk about this, is we got to remember that that as Christians, as Americans, our rights are being taken away from us on a regular basis, day by day by day. And John, actually, this is an area where ADF comes in. It's so yes. important that our listeners support yep. ADF financially. It's one thing to just hear about ADF and go, oh, hey, that's great. Let's applaud because they're doing right. great work for us. But uh, how many of us actually have skin in the game and will reach in our pockets to help our neighbors? Well, and I'm going to put a little spin on that because, Bob, you're right. As Christians, we should be doing this regardless. This is a you know, <clears throat> help your neighbor as yourself sort of a thing because you're not you know it could be that neighbor that owns a business it could just be your neighbor period that doesn't own a business that this affects by the way some of the last rulings that ADF was successful and affects every single person in America whether they own a business or not i think a lot of people tend to think that ADF is just for the business sides of things and it's not now a lot of their popular cases involve businesses of course and I'm going to put a challenge out to a lot of businesses that I know because, you know, like begets like. I'm self-employed. You guys know that. There's a lot of folks out there that listen to us because, again, like begets like. So business owners, those of you out there that are listening, you may be thinking, you know what? I just don't do the types of things that will ever involve having ADF in my business. Well, you know what? Think again because you may very well at some point in time be under attack and need somebody like ADF to come along your side. I think we also have to remember, guys, that ADF is there for all the folks that can't afford the high-powered right. lawyers like all these big corporations have at their dispense. We as small business owners, guys, we don't have that option. We have to have somebody like ADF that will come along and represent us when things like Jack Phillips at Masterpiece Bakery come along and he's told, yes, you have to bake the cake outside of what your beliefs are. We have to have people like ADF, 4,000-plus lawyers working hard pro bono to help business owners that are Christian-owned, that have Christian beliefs that want to stand on those principles, and by the way, should have the rights to stand on those principles, ADF ensures that happens. But we guys have to help them do that. So I'm going to put a challenge out to all of you, not just business owners, but each and every one of you, even a business owner. Guys, 100 bucks. All we're asking, give ADF $100. That's all it takes. We'll help them out immensely. And I challenge all of you, especially that own a business, it's a write-off for you guys in the business world. It's an easy donation for you to make. It's $100 is all that we're asking. If you can do much more than that, of course, as a business owner, please do so. Just click the ADF button at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Absolutely. And we appreciate you folks doing this. We do. Let's help people by supporting ADF in this. So as we as we talk about the Kevin McCarthy ouster here, uh, all right, so we're, we're – I think we're all pretty much in agreement that this is this was a wrong-headed decision to do. What about though? And let me let me hit you with this, John. Okay, because you're very passionately saying this was a really moronic move on Matt Gates's part, and I do think that this was a bad decision. What do we do with the philosophical argument, at least? Maybe not the timing of it right now, but the philosophical argument that you look at Kevin McCarthy. Has Kevin McCarthy been an effective speaker? Or, you know, it, it, look, I, I guess here's what here's I struggle with. On one side of me, John, I say, 
okay, he's got to be pragmatic because he only has a razor-thin margin in yes. the House, and he doesn't have the Senate, and so therefore he's got no choice but to de- be a deal-maker and get a little bit more uh, instead of a little bit less. But then there's this other part of me that says, okay, but it's just it gives a green light for another speaker to just become a country club establishment guy who ends up just being a rhino-centrist type thing, and we're sick of those kind of John Boehner-type speakers of the House. So what do we do with that? Well, first of all, huge difference, I think, between McCarthy and Boehner. So I'll just get that right out in front because I don't put those two in the same category at all. I know some listeners out there, you know, may may feel that way, but I don't see it that way at all. And I do agree with you, Bob. There's a there's a dancing act that has to go on in his position Four seats. That's all he's got. I mean, he's got four votes when it's all said and done that he's got some power over, if you would, to make certain things happen. And again, everybody wants change to come out of the House of Representatives. Guys, you're not going to get change until you have the White House and the Senate. We don't hold those two. And frankly, this move, in my opinion, this is the most disappointing part about all of this. I feel strongly, I could be wrong in this, but I feel strongly that this hurts our chances in 2024. It doesn't help us attain those things. Yeah. Uh, Like McCarthy or not, this doesn't help us get to 2024 successfully. All right. Roger, what do you think? I mean, have you, do you think that Kevin McCarthy has maybe done a better job than he, that he deserves more credit for the effort that he's tried to do with how thin the margin is? Or do you have any kind of feelings in there of, hey, look, I, I'm frustrated with, it does seem that he's not as much of a fighter and a disruptor and take it. Look, Nancy Pelosi is, was a Speaker of the House who was willing to stand up and childishly tear up the speech of Donald Trump. Now, I don't think any Republican should do that. But Nancy Pelosi was willing to say, I don't care if we lead by one. Uh, we're demanding and forcing our agenda through. And there's a frustration with people that say, why can't we have a speaker on our side that does that too? And Kevin McCarthy doesn't seem to be that guy. Right, he doesn't. And, you know, we haven't had a Republican Speaker of the House who did that, I think, since Gingrich, because, you know, John Boehner just put everybody to sleep, you know, with the, the, and Paul Ryan was over-promise, under-deliver. But when you think about where we are right now in terms of the pragmatism, it was pretty obvious, I think, for most of us that Kevin McCarthy said whatever he needed to say to get elected Speaker of the House. You know, sure, I'll make the deal. Sure, I'll do this. Sure, I'll do that. The question of whether, I mean, you've got two different conversations going on. On the one hand, it's did he live up to his expectations? Did he back out on the promises? Well, he bailed on the promises. So, I mean, that, that that's the one question. The next question then is what's going to be the net effect and what is the plan going forward? And the fact that Gates basically rounded up another gang of seven GOPers to join along with him, has full Democratic support. You know, it, it puts Hakeem Jeffries' name back in the conversations, you know, which would be crazy, but that was what we were talking about nine months ago. And at the same time, you know, it, it, I think in principle, sure. You know, if you want to say, I'm a MAGA Republican and Donald Trump supports me, whatever. Well, buddy, please give Matt Gates a calendar. It is 2023. In 2015, 2016, you could do that MAGA stuff, and it worked. It got people riled up. Now we've seen how that plays out. In the same way, the Tea Party in 2010, that was a big disaster, wasn't it? I mean, we're going to take back Congress, Freedom Caucus, blah, 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 blah. And you still got a few of those guys hanging around. But where is the Tea Party today? I mean, in terms of diplomacy, there is no there's no set formula anymore. And I think Gates overplayed his hand, and I was horribly miscalculated timing and everything. Sounds good. 
in the second half, we've got a lot more to unpack with this, including who ends up taking over now and what does the Republican Party do going forward in the House to clean us up and get back on message. Also, folks, if you didn't give to Preborn earlier, we're asking you to do that right now. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. You can give right there. Don't forget, it's $28 to save one baby's life through ultrasound images. How many babies' lives will you save? Take $28 times fill in the blank, whatever that number is, and it's a one-time gift, and 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds through preborn. So we appreciate you doing that. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on preborn, give right there, or just call 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. And we appreciate you folks giving us your five-star reviews wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also watch video of this podcast at MyHopeNow.com and certainly follow My Hope Now on social media wherever you do. And all of the guys coming up for the second half next. This has been a Crawford Media Group production. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all the guys. Roger Marsh, the bottom line from the People's Republic of California. Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. As we continue to unpack and analyze everything about the big news of this week, Kevin McCarthy ousted as Speaker of the House. This is the first time in U.S. history this has ever happened. And so, guys, we're in agreement. This was a bad decision. This would not have been done. Uh, this should not have been done. Certainly not at this time. Uh, John, I asked you. Roger, I asked you. Neil, I want to ask you, too. What do we do, though, with the the philosophical frustrations of people like Matt Gates? though? Even though we disagree with the decision of the Gang of Eight, there is still a sense of it gets really frustrating to watch Democrats when they have power, even if it's a slim margin. They don't. They govern like they have the majority, even when they're in the minority. So Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, they have no problem plowing through their agenda no matter what. Republicans always seem to be the ones who are like, okay, well, let's walk on eggshells and we'll just, you know, we'll give you one and we'll take one. And Kevin McCarthy does seem to be that kind of a guy. It's a slim margin. He's got very little to work with, but he doesn't seem to be the fighter either. So what do we do with that perception and frustration? Well, I don't know, because uh, as one commentator said yesterday, the clever plan here was to cut off the heads of the Republicans. So they did it themselves. Like, where do you go from here? And by mm -hmm. the way, this rule that one member of the House can call for the, you know, vacating the chair for House leadership, that, that is, is that going to stand? Because if that stands, then the question is, who wants to be Speaker of the House? Because any rogue group at that point could decide to side with the Democrats, just like this group right. did, and bounce the next Speaker. And by the way, since impeachment you know, has become sort of like the uh, the mode of the day for dealing with uh, getting retribution against people you don't like politically, then you're going to see this thing happen again. Like this, this will probably happen to another Republican speaker if they don't deal with that issue on a single member being able to call for the, you know, vacating the chair. I, I don't know where you go from here. Can 4% of Republicans control the Congress? And really, that's exactly what happened. And by the way, I don't count it as anything less than treason. At least that's how it ought to be viewed in the Republican Party. Uh, you know, does Kevin McCarthy, in my mind, have to be the Speaker of the House? No, maybe there's somebody else that can fill in his slot. But 
uh, not only did this cause chaos, I, I think this caused a, a massive amount of distrust within the party. These these guys need to learn how to work together somehow, some way. And obviously, there's differences of opinions. You have moderates, you've got some near liberals in the Republican Party or rhinos for sure, and you've got some ultra conservatives. But if they don't get their act together, there's no hope for the future. John's 100% right. Nobody's going to win in November. And you know what? You think about what the the world thinks when they look at America right now, they see a president of the United States who can't even find his way to the door without a big Easter bunny helping him. Mm-hmm. You've got in the Senate, senators now that are basically dressing like slobs, dressing like track coaches, John Fetterman and such. You have the weaponizing of the government. You have the former president of the United States and the current front runner who's sitting in courtrooms on trial waiting for four more criminal trials in front of him. What in the world are our enemies around the world thinking about us? And then they look at, for the first time in U.S. history, uh, the Speaker of the House was thrown out by their own party. And so I... I uh, it's insane. I, I know. So we we don't look good on the world stage right now. And there are so many things. Here's, see, here's what makes me really nervous about this, guys, is that next year, come November... Is this going to be a case where the Republican voter gets so irritated and frustrated with the Republican Mm -hmm. Party because they see the last two years as two years squandered? It's like we had control of the House. What could have been done, uh, the the impeachment maybe that needed to be done, the weaponization of the the investigative committees, they started gaining some momentum. But what now? Does that suddenly fizzle out because we have to spend all of our time trying to get a new speaker and then licking our wounds? And then will the Republicans in the House be as aggressive to go after the Democrats as they should be? Or are they going to be more timid now because, okay, well, we got to clean up our own image. So let's just play nice and let the dust settle and try to move forward toward 2024. No, it's going to be two years squandered. And I think a bunch of, I think voter turnout could be very weak next November if the Republicans don't get control of the House again. Uh, I mean, control of order of the House and then get on a unified agenda to hold the Democrats accountable for the things that they have done illegally combined with pushing forward a Republican agenda and learning how to sell it to the American people. I just I, I don't know that they're doing that right now. And so I, they, they, they seem to be a rudderless ship, uh, Roger, at this point. Yeah, they certainly do. And, you know, this is it's funny. We talk about the the, the sponsors we have for the program here. And, and one of the reasons why I'm so grateful Dennis Wilson's part of what we do is for that reason. It, when the House is a rudderless ship, when Republicans are feckless and, and uh, you know, Democrats are just, you know, blaze, brazenly, you know, evil. And yet they've got this agenda and they're lockstep. It's nice to know your money's secure regardless of who's in charge because they're not really in charge of what's going on when you contact Wilson at 800-696-9970 if you want to make sure that you are invested securely in things that are all legal, all above board, God-honoring, and portions of the proceeds are building churches all over the world. I mean, there's a much bigger game to play here than just, you know, who's going to win elections. But Bob, I... I wholeheartedly agree that the GOP had a golden opportunity in 2022 to really make some moves and some headway. And all they did was prove to the American people how out of touch they are. And you've got this hard, hard right faction with the Matt Gaetzes of this world. And then you have this, isn't it 1996 faction with Kevin McCarthy? And you know it, the, the ironic thing about it is when it comes to conservative values, look at the, the uh, polling and, and the statistical analysis of who is actually registering to vote with these different parties. I mean, for years we've heard the Democrats are the party of the people, more minorities, more women, yada, 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 yada. In 2022, we found out that the only party to make increases across the board with the exception of the so-called college-educated single white woman 
Whereas the GOP, African-Americans, Hispanics, Asians, men, women, children, didn't matter. The GOP was joining joining forces with a lot of people who said, I'm sick of it. Eric Johnson, the mayor of Dallas, uh, ran as a Democrat, got 98% approval rating. I mean, basically, it was a landslide victory. And then after he got elected, said, I can't be a Democrat anymore. This party platform is ridiculous and became a Republican. And the Democrat uh, chairman of the uh, Texas Democrats said, well, if he'd run as a Republican, he wouldn't have won. And I'm thinking, wait, he got 98% of the vote. I mean, 98% statistically on the table. He could have run as a Republican, Democrat. He could have run as a clown. I mean, and, and he still would have won. In, in, in a, the fifth largest metro market in the country, the 10th largest city in the world. So in terms of what the GOP has to do, and, and they're not going to do it in 12 months. They're just not going to do it in 12 months. This group is such a clown car right now. They're not going to do it in 12 months. All we can do really literally is pray. And, and hope that God shows favor and mercy on our nation with regard to the values, because the party of the values just doesn't know how to implement, doesn't know how to stand up for them. It's really disgusting. Yeah. So who do you think is going to take the play? Here's the names being floated around out there. By the way, Kevin McCarthy announced uh, Tuesday night that he is not going to consider running again. So it's like, okay, fine. Uh, of course, the, the uh, there's got to be an official vote for somebody to take over officially. Will it be Patrick McHenry? Uh, McHenry, is this going to be the guy? There's also some talk about Steve Scalise. The, uh, I think he's the number two guy in the House right now, who, of course, Steve Scalise, remember, was famously nearly murdered on the practice baseball field by a Democrat operative Bernie Sanders support because, after all, the violence really comes from the right wing in this country. Uh, but Steve Scalise is considered a pretty solid conservative. Might he be the one? There's some talk being floated about Jim Jordan being the new Speaker of the House. And, boy, I'll tell you what, Democrats, if they ever regret joining Matt Gates to kick out yep. Kevin McCarthy, this will backfire. on. I'll tell you what, guys, I would love it if Jim Jordan became the new Speaker Me of the too. House. I really would. This Me guy too. is a fighter. He'd probably have to start wearing his jacket. But I, I'd love to see him in, in that position. Donald Trump has already thrown cold water on the idea of him being recruited as temporary speaker. I don't think Trump's ego would allow him to do that anyway, No, uh, to take a lesser position. That's a, that's a step backwards. It is. And I don't say that as a pejorative to Trump. You guys know I'm a Trump supporter, so I just don't think there's a chance he would do that. So I don't know. Besides, besides the fact, Bob, that's a big distract. I mean, we should get that one off the table because there's going to be some people talking about it in social media yeah. circles and so on. You know, that's not only a step backwards, it's a detraction from what he's really trying to do, which is, you know, rerun for, you know, for president of the United States again in 2024. Mm -hmm. that, that just, that's a... As you know, that involves, and I don't think most people do understand this, the Speaker of the House isn't just a position. It's a working position. Those guys spend 100 nights plus a year out rallying the troops on a regular basis. You know, you for Trump, that's a complete shift of gears from what he's doing right now. It's not going to yeah. happen. Quit talking well, about it. And can we also not forget, too, the Speaker of the House is third in command. In the country. Exactly. I mean, Thank this you, is Roger. if something happens with President Biden or Vice President Harris, we were going to have President McCarthy. Now we're going to have President whoever. whoever. I mean, can you? I mean, God, talk about God's hand of providence. Can you imagine? I'm just. I'll say this quickly, and I can't believe these words are forming in my lips. President Pelosi, and huh. then you know, I mean, how long was that a, a distinct possibility? I right. mean, well, yeah, yeah, President Harris is a lot more likely than President Pelosi, or uh. would have been. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, I mean, either there's way, much, my much more likely hearing it all. Yeah, much more likely you're going to get to the second rung of, rung of the ladder as opposed to the third. So I mean, yeah, I mean, who's the vice president? Then, then 
beyond that, who's the Speaker of the House? You have to look Did, at it that but, way. but does anybody really know that much about Patrick McHenry? I know about Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan, but I don't. I'll be honest with you, I don't really know that much about McHenry. Is this guy? He, he he does seem to, the fact that he kicks Denny Hoyer and Nancy Pelosi out of their offices tells me, well, okay, maybe the, he did something Kevin McCarthy wasn't willing to do. So I don't know. Is this guy maybe somebody for us to learn about and rally around? Tells and you how much we answer. all know about McHenry. Exactly. <laughs> That's how I much we all know about McHenry. <laughs> all I keep every time you mention this name, I just keep thinking, "Give me liberty, give me death." And so I, I, I just—I don't know. I'm just—I'm stuck there. I don't, I'm stuck there. <laughs> I think at this point we'd all choose death. To be honest with yeah, you, you know, yeah. uh, I know really. Uh, well, look, we, we, we've got a little bit more to talk about this as far as. Uh, who's going to take over the Speaker of the House position as we work our way through the second half of this uh, National Roundtable podcast. But we do also want to ask all of you, if you haven't given to Preborn yet, please do that now. Because since Roe v. Wade was overturned, people think, oh, hey, that's great. The fight's over. No, it's not. The abortion industry is kicking into high gear like never before. But we can stop abortions, everybody, by just paying for ultrasound images for moms to see pictures of their babies. They, they choose life almost all the time when they do this. Preborn is the main pro-life group that's been doing this for a long time all across the country in pro-life centers. Uh, but somebody's got to pay for the ultrasound images. And that's us. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion through ultrasound images. How many abortions would you be willing to stop? We're asking you for a one-time gift. We've had a lot of our listeners given already. If you haven't yet, would you please do it right now? Here's how you give. Go online to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. You can give right there. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. And if you know, I want to talk to a person on the phone, okay, you can call 833-850-BABY. And the answer to the phone is 24-7. So call right now, 833-850-BABY. $28 times fill in the blank. What is that number of babies' lives you'd like to save? Call right now if you would, 833-850-BABY. So talking about the replacement now for Kevin McCarthy. Uh, what do you guys think about, though? Uh, John, let me ask you, what about a Jim Jordan or a Steve Scalise? Do you lean I think it'll come in down any to those direction? Two. Yeah, I, I think I, it'll come down to those two. And I've been reading all sorts of things this morning on that. And I think right now it, it's a toss-up. I, I think both of them are going to struggle to get to the 218. Uh, which one of them will come out on top? You know, I don't know. The thing I don't want is between those two because I like them, although I like Jim Jordan more than Scalise. You don't mm -hmm. want any infighting like we've seen in the past. We've already had enough of that. To me, somebody just needs to rise to the top, get to the 218 and get this thing over and done with so we can move on. The less drama, the better. Yeah, but are, are, are they going to, is there going to be a gang of eight against either one of those two? For I mean, I hate to say this, but so Jim Jordan has to make sure that he appeases Matt Gates. And what about Ken Buck? Okay, Ken Buck, I don't think he likes Jim Jordan. So, which I don't know why. I don't know why. I mean, no well, offense. What's there not to like about Jim? I know. Jim is a fighter, the head of the Judiciary Committee. He's willing to actually take on the Democrats. And by yep. the way, if there's anybody in the House, that can hold a candle to Matt Gates as far as his quick-minded ability to That's speak right. on yes. his feet. It's That's Jim right. Jordan. That's right. So, okay. yeah, no, but, that, no, that guy's got that part down, Pat. I mean, you could throw him in front of any reporter any given day with no teleprompter, right. and he can answer any question thrown at him. Okay, Absolutely. but if, if, but the reality is this gang of eight or ten, if you include Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, okay, this yeah, small see, group of people. Will, yeah, and I don't well, – really quick, I don't, I don't know because of their – 
no, 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 I'm not. No, no, no. Wise, they're on thin. They're on thin ice already. I, I think they're going to play nice. Right. I That's am right. not. I'm not saying either should be considered for speaker. Not at all. I'm, what I'm getting at is the concessions that Mac- McCarthy made to become speaker of the house are a noose around the neck of the Republican Party mm-hmm. at this point because a small mm-hmm. band of renegades now control Congress. They just prove that they can. Yeah. So really, anything that that this small group of people, four percent of the Republican Party. Uh, dislikes can derail anything else that the Republicans are trying to do in Congress. I think it's a horrible situation, and they have to immediately deal with that, you know, one person calling for their vacating, vacating the seat of the speakership. Like, it, there's no way that that can be allowed to exist, or the Republican Party will get nothing done. And you nothing. know what's really unfortunate about this, Neil? And you're you're so right about this. All this does, this this concession deal that was made, okay, fine, one person can derail the whole thing if he can rally up a handful of support. Do you realize the amount of backroom deals that's now going to happen as far as the next speaker 100%. goes? What kind of conce- What kind of deals is Jim Jordan or Steve Scalise going to have to make? Matt Gates is going to be like, I want to be the chairman of this committee. And then Ken yep. Buck says, I want to be the chairman of this committee. And, and there are going to be all kind of deals. Because like, you know what? Only takes a handful of us to stop it. You want us to stop you? Give me this, 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 and this. Seriously, and- maybe public perception would hinder the Democrats from ever doing this again. But I doubt it. Because why wouldn't they want mass? of confusion on a continued basis on the part of the Republicans. You only need, well, they got a four-vote lead, so you need five people, five Mm -hmm. people to go along with your lunacy, and you can disrupt anything in the House of Representatives. It it can't work long-term. I know. So, well, but can't they theoretically change? It's not a constitutional amendment. Can't they just change that rule? Can't McHenry change that rule? Or I, I guess he would have to get a vote on that, I suppose. Yeah, to change you got to get, get a vote, vote on, on that. that. Yeah. Yeah. And this had, I mean, look at look at the chaos that was involved in getting Kevin McCarthy to be the Speaker of the House. 15 different votes. What it's yeah. going to be this time? 15, 25? How long is this going to go on? And then, you know, Republicans are going to get uh, the, the shutdown of the government hung around their neck. All the problems that come out from here are going to be the fault of the Republicans. And the Democrats are are licking their chops at this stuff. And, keep, well, and really quick, Neil, what you just said, a lot of this comes down to the fact that Gates didn't like the fact that we didn't shut the government down. That's really where, I mean, that and I think the investigative side of things that he felt like McCarthy should throw water on as well. But I think those two issues for Gates is what sent him over the top, which we haven't even talked about the whole you know, spending side of the fence and the government shutdown and so on. That's a whole probably podcast bob in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, but but regardless, I think that's where, you know, the, you know, the, where, where the bug is at for, for Gates are those two issues, if you ask me. You'd have a hard time convincing me that the second one isn't more important to Gates. I think he's concerned about the ethics uh, investigation. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I no, with I, you. That makes the most sense. It really does. Uh, I'm still curious to find out, though, who this McHenry guy ends up being. As we learn more about him, what's this guy going to be? I have a feeling that his Nancy Pelosi, Stanley Hoyer kicking him out of the office was his first step at auditioning for a permanent position in the Speaker of the House. Kind of sending a message to the Matt Gates crowd that, hey, I am the fighter that you're looking for. And Who knows? Maybe this is a guy that can get along with the rhinos and the establishment Republicans in the House, but at the same time can still be a pit bull that he needs to be for the Gateses of the crowd. I I just, I, I really don't know. I, I guess here's the, the challenge that we have, though. And I said this when Kevin McCarthy finally won after 15 votes. And I'll say it again now for whoever the new speaker is. When you only have a four four seat lead and you don't even have the Senate, you don't have any choice but to 
be somewhat of a pragmatist, and even in your own party, because whoever the speaker is, they not only have to get Matt Gates and Ken Buck, okay, and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Boebert, they not only got to get them, okay, they also have to get the rhino establishment people in the House as well. And so the Republican Party is kind of all over the map. They run a really, really wide spectrum of ideology in a way that the Democratic Party really doesn't have that much. Democratic Party is more narrow. The Republican Party is a much broader net. How ironic. We're always accused of being the ones so narrow. But the Republican Party has a much wider net, a much bigger tent. But that also means it's that much more difficult to get 100% of the vote. And that's what you need as a Speaker of the House in your own party. How does anybody do that? It's not easy. Uh, you yeah, it. it'd be very difficult. Yeah. I, 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 that that uh, to me again, is a challenge. It goes back to the whole premise of why are we even here knowing everything you just said bob is reality why are we even here i know and that's i guess that's what my concern is for the next speaker because even if it's jim jordan or steve scalise jim jordan let's say it's jim jordan and we all like jim jordan it's like i would love to have jim jordan as speaker of the house but what's jim jordan going to do when he wants to advance something and hey he's got the gang of eight on his side and he's got almost all of the republicans on his side but he's got a half a dozen to a dozen, we'll say even just a half a dozen of left-wing rhinos in the House that are like, no, that's too right-wing, that's too MAGA uh, or, or whatever. What's Jim Jordan doing? He's got to get their vote. And so now suddenly mm-hmm. he even becomes ineffective now because it's the left wing of the Republican Party that he can't rally in. So he's going to have to make deals with them. And then when he does, what's he going to do? Is he going to turn Matt Gates against him? And now suddenly there's a vacate vote again? So I, I, it seems like the gang of eight, at least Gates and company, they have to do a little bit of what Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing right now, and that is recognizing that, okay, I'm kind of on thin ice, and there comes a point where i got to keep my mouth shut and just color within the lines. Sometimes you need to do that, and it doesn't does, seem that Matt Gates realizes he needs to do that. I think you're 100% right, but does anybody believe that Matt Gates's ego would allow him to do that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I Again, the guy is very quick-minded. I don't take any of that away from him. But what's in the core? What's at the substance of him? Or is he just a, a bull in a china shop? He's young and aggressive, and he's not even thinking about the dishes that he's breaking as he's pushing an agenda. Maybe this is something that over 10 years or so he starts to mature in this area. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I, I do, though— I, I do want to stress as we as we talk about this, continuing our our way through the second half of this podcast, that uh, you're going to hear us talking, of course, about uh, sponsors to this podcast, mm-hmm. and we very much want you folks to be supporting our sponsors. We do, and one of them that is so important is ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom. And John, when I think about what they're doing mm-hmm. for our neighbor, for for Christians who are having their freedoms and liberties taken away from them. But everybody thinks that this comes free. It doesn't. Somebody's got to pay for this legal help to be done, and this is where it really falls on us. Yeah, and I think it's also important, and I know I said this the, the last half hour, but it's it's not just Christians that this affects the outcome of. This affects every single individual in the United States of America in positive ways, whether it be freedom of religion, free speech, free expression, you know, businesses, whether you want to serve somebody or not. I mean, th- th- these things cross 
all lines, no matter what your political beliefs are versus where you come from, spiritually speaking, Bob, at the end of the day, these are these are cases when one that just reinforce the Constitution and what our actual rights as citizens of this of this great country are, and all they're doing is representing those individuals that then come back and affect each and every one of us. I think it's important for us to really understand that sometimes we think, oh, I'm I'm not I'm not going to court. I'm I'm not there now. Why do I need to help somebody else that is? Well, because that case could very easily affect your life. Right. So it's important for us to affect ADF and help those individuals. And what I mean by affect them is they work pro bono without our donations, guys. They can't do what they do to help the individuals I just mentioned out. 4,000 plus lawyers working together. And yes, folks, that doesn't come free. There's a lot of cap capital that has to happen to make these things work. That capital comes from folks like us. So folks, please donate what you can. But really, $100. If you can give 100 bucks to help ADF out today. It's a huge help to them. It's a huge help to us, by the way, because they're doing this so they can get to all of you so that you can help them. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF button and donate now. It's that easy, folks. It's really that easy. And uh, remember, as you do this, we, we do want you to support our sponsors. We do. We want you to support ADF. Okay. We want you to support preborn. We want to make sure that you are doing everything that you can to save babies' lives too. And so if you if you didn't give before, now's a chance to do it. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on preborn. You can give right there. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on preborn. And you can give whatever you can give. It's $28 to save one baby's life. You're paying for ultrasound images. 28 bucks times fill in the blank. What is that number? Whatever you can afford, we want you to give now. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. Nothing for over Head. So CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, or just give them a call, 833-850-BABY, and you can give right over the phone. We very much appreciate you folks listening to this podcast. We appreciate your five-star reviews wherever you listen to us. You can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com. And, of course, follow My Hope Now wherever you follow your social media. Uh, Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Roger Marsh, The Bottom Line from California. Myself, Bob Duco, The Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. Guys, always great catching up with you. Thanks so much. Looking forward to next week. Awesome, Bob. Right on, Bob. Thank Thank you, Bob. Hey, we'll see you. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. Alliance Defending Freedom, protecting your God-given right to live and speak the truth. Your generous financial support makes it possible for ADF to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Services logo to learn more. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. From your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Be sure to follow My Hope Now wherever you follow social media. 
And please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app. Look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This is a Crawford Media Group production.